Chapter Nine, Part Four of More Love to Thee: The Life and Letters of Elizabeth Prentice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. More Love to Thee: The Life and Letters of Elizabeth Prentice by George Prentice. Chapter Nine, Part Four. Return to Town. Domestic Changes. Letters my heart sides with god in everything visiting among the poor conflict isn't sin publication of stepping heavenward her misgivings about it how it was received reminiscences by miss eliza a warner letters the reverend wheelock craig early in october she returned to town and began to make ready for the departure of her eldest daughter to europe where she was to pass the next year with the family of Professor Smith. The younger children had thus far been taught by their sister, and her leaving home was fraught with no little trial both to them and to the mother. To Mrs. Smith, New York, October 12. I can fully sympathize with the sad toss you are in about staying abroad another year, but we feel that there is no doubt you have decided wisely and well. But the bare mention of your settling down at Verey has driven us all wild what hallucination could you have been laboring under why your husband would go off the handle in a week to be sure it is beautiful for situation as mount zion itself but one can't live on beauty one must have life and action and stimulus in other words human beings they're all horrid except you but we can't do without em what i went through at lonely Genevere o solitude where are the charms that sages have seen in thy face we took it for granted that you would settle in some german city near old friends it is true they mayn't be all you want but anything is better than nothing and you would stagnate and, and moulder all the way at vivay what is there there why a lake and some mountains you can't spend a year staring at them well i dare say light will be let in upon you i hope a will behave himself you must rule it over her with a rod of iron as if you could and make her stand round her going plunges us into a new world of care and anxiety and tribulation we have thrust our children out into or onto the great ocean and are about ready to sink with them if i could sit down and cry it would do me lots of good but i can't then how am i to spare my twin boy and my a and my m who is to keep me well snubbed who is to tell me what to wear? Who is to keep Darby and Joan from settling down into two fearful old pokes? Your husband suggests that if I have a husband, etc. I have had one with a vengeance. He has worked like seventeen mad dogs all summer, and I have hardly laid eyes on him. When I have, it has been to fight with him. He would come in with a hoe or a rake or a spade in his hand, and find me with a broom, a shovel, or a pair of tongs in mine, and without a word we would pitch in and have an encounter of all the aggravating creatures hasn't he been aggravating sometimes i thought he had run raving distracted and sometimes i dare say he thought i had gone melancholy mad he persists to this day that the work did him good and that he enjoyed his summer well maybe he did i suppose he knows how glad i am for you that you are to have the children go to you it seems to be exactly the right thing I hope to get a copy of Katie to send by the girls, but can't think of anything else. As A is to be where you are, 
you will probably be kept well posted in the doings of our family i do hope she will not be a great addition to your cares but have some misgivings as to the effect such long absence from home may have upon her what a world this is for shiftings and siftings to g s p october eighteen sixty nine i always thought george macdonald a little audacious though i like him in the main there is a fallacy in this cavil you may depend some years ago when i was a little befogged by plausible talk dr skinner came to our house got into one of his best moods and preached a regular sermon on the glory of god that set me all right again i'm not skilled in argument but my heart sides with god in everything and my conception of his character is such a beautiful one that i feel that he cannot err i do not like the expression he's aye thinking about his own glory i quote from memory it belittles the real fact and almost puts the supreme being on a level with us poor mortals the more time we spend upon our knees in real communion with god the better we shall comprehend his wonderful nature and how impossible it is to submit that nature to the rules by which we judge human beings every turn in life brings me back to this more prayer i shall go with much pleasure to see mrs g and may god give me some good word to say to her i almost envy you your sphere of usefulness but unless i give up mine cannot get fully into it i want you to know that next to being with my saviour i love to be with his sufferers so that you can be sure to remember me when you have any on your heart p s i have hunted up mrs g and had such an interesting talk with her that she has hardly been out of my mind since it is a very unusual case and the fact that her husband is a jew and loves her with such real romance is an obstacle in her way to christ when you can get a little spare time i wish you would run in and let us talk her case over i'm ever so glad that i'm growing old every day and so become better fitted to be the dear and loving friend to young people i want to be i wish we both loved our saviour better and could do more for him the days in which i do nothing specifically for him seem such meeker such lost days you seem to think the last time i saw you that you were not so near him as you were last year i think we can't always know our own state does not follow that a season of severe conflict is a sign of estrangement from god perhaps we are never nearer to him than when we hate ourselves most and fancy ourselves intolerable in his sight conflict isn't sin to miss e a warner new york october eleventh eighteen sixty nine i hear with great concern that miss lyman's health is so much worse that she is about to leave vassar is this true i cannot say i should be very sorry if i should hear she was going to be called up higher it seems such a blessed thing to finish up one's work when the master says we may and go to be with him i can fully sympathize with the feeling that made mrs graham say she closed her daughter's eyes i wish you joy my darling but i should want to see her before she went that would be next best to seeing her after she got back you meet with a dear little book called the melody of the twenty-third psalm do read it it is by miss anna warner and shows great knowledge of and love for the bible in a few weeks i shall be able to send you a copy of stepping heavenward we have been home rather more than a week and the house is all upside down outwardly and inwardly for a sails for europe on the twenty-first with m and hal smith 
to be gone a year and this involved sending the other children to school and various trying changes of the sort tossing my long sheltered lambs into the world has cost me inexpressible pain only a mother can understand how much and why and they on their part go into it shrinking and quivering in every nerve to their father as well as to me this has been a time of sore trial and we are doing our best to keep each other up amid the discouragements and temptations that confront us for each new phase of life brings more or less of both stepping heavenward was published toward the end of october having appeared already as a serial in the chicago advance the first number of the serial was printed february fourth eighteen sixty nine the work was planned and the larger part of it composed during the winter and spring of eighteen sixty seven eighteen sixty eight referring more especially to this part of it she once said to a friend every word of that book was a prayer and seemed to come of itself i never knew how it was written for my heart and hands were full of something else by something else she had in mind the care of little francis the ensuing summer the manuscript was taken with her to dorset carefully revised and finished before her return to the city in revising it she had the advantage of suggestions made by her friends miss warner and miss lyman both of them christian ladies of the best culture and of rare good sense notwithstanding the favor with which the work had been received as issued in the advance mrs prentice had great misgivings about its success a misgiving that had haunted her while engaged in writing it but all doubt on the subject will soon be dispelled the response to stepping heavenward was instant and general others of her books were enjoyed praised laughed over but this one was taken by tired hands into secret places poured over by eyes dim with tears and its lessons prayed out at many a jabbock it was one of those books which sorrow and merry like women read to each other and which lured many a bustling martha from the fretting of her care-cumbered life to ponder the new lesson of rest and toil it was one of those books of which people kept a lending copy that they might enjoy the uninterrupted companionship of their own the circulation of the book was very large not to speak of the thousands which were sold here it went through numerous editions in england from england it passed into australia it fell into the family of an afflicted swiss pastor and the comfort which it brought to that stricken household led to its translation into french by one of the pastor's daughters it passed through i know not how many editions in french in germany it came into the hands of an invalid lady who begged the privilege of translating it the first word of a favorite german hymn heavenward doth our journey tend we are strangers here on earth furnished the title for the german translation Himmelan. it appeared just after the french war and went as a comforter into scores of the homes which war had desolated and frequent testimony came back to her of the deep interest excited by the book and of the affectionate gratitude called out toward the author she seemed to have inspired her translator whose letters to her breathed the warmest affection and the most enthusiastic admiration it would be easy to fill up the time that remains with grateful testimonies to the work of this book from among a multitude i select only one a manufacturer in a new england town a stranger wrote to her expressing his high appreciation of the book 
in saying that he had four thousand persons in his employ and a circulating library of six thousand volumes for their use in which were two copies of stepping heavenward he adds i hear in every direction of the good it is doing and a wealthy friend has written to me saying she means to put a copy into the hand of every bride of her acquaintance several chapters might be filled with letters received by mrs prentice expressing the gratitude of the writers for the spiritual help and comfort stepping heavenward had given them these letters came from all parts of this country from europe and even from the ends of the earth and they were written by persons belonging to every class in society among them was one written on coarse brown grocery paper from a poor crippled boy in the interior of pennsylvania which she especially prized it led to a friendly correspondence that continued for several years the book was read with equal delight by persons not only of all classes but of all creeds also by calvinists arminians high churchmen evangelicals unitarians and roman catholics it was however wholly unnoticed by most of the organs of literary opinion in this country although abroad it attracted at once the attention of men and women well known in the world of letters and was praised by them in the highest terms mrs eliza a warner in the following reminiscences gives some interesting incidents in reference to stepping heavenward that summer in dorset the summer of eighteen sixty eight is one full of bright and pleasant memories which it is delightful to recall i had heard much of mrs prentice from mutual friends and been exceedingly interested in her books so that when i found we were to be fellow boarders for the summer i was greatly pleased yet i felt a little shy at meeting one of whose superiority in many lines i had heard so much how well i remember that bright morning in july on which we first met on our way to the breakfast-table i can hear now the frank cheery voice with which she greeted me and see her large dark eyes so full of animation and kindly interest which a moment after sparkled with fun as she recalled an old joke familiar to my friends and it seemed to her also i was put at my ease at once and from that moment onward felt the wonderful fascination of a manner so peculiarly her own it was a frank whole-souled sincere manner with a certain indescribable piquancy and sprightliness blending with the earnestness which made her very individual and very charming for the next two months we were a good deal together i think it was a very happy summer to her you were building the house in dorset for a summer home and the planning for this and watching its progress was a pleasant occupation and she was such an enthusiastic lover of nature that the out-of-door life she led was a constant enjoyment she would spend hours rambling in the woods collecting ferns mosses trailing vines and every little bit of blossom and greenery that met her eye and nothing pretty escaped it and there was always an added freshness and brightness in her face when she came home laden with these treasures and eager to exhibit them oh you don't go crazy over such things as i do she would say as she held them up for our admiration she filled her room with these woodland beauties impressed quantities of them to carry to her city home in that beautiful valley among the green mountains some of whose near summits rise to the height of three thousand feet her enthusiasm for fine scenery had full scope she would watch with delight the sunset glow as it spread and deepened along those mountain peaks 
suffusing them with a glory which we likened to that of the new jerusalem and as we sat and watched this glory slowly fade tint by tint into the gray twilight her talk would be of heaven and holiness and of christ whatever she felt she felt intensely and she threw her whole heart and soul into all she said or did this was one great secret of the power of her personal presence she felt so keenly herself she made others feel those summer days were long and bright and beautiful but none too long for her she was one of the most industrious persons i have ever known in her writing reading and sewing in the care of her children over the formation of whose characters she watched closely and wisely occupied every moment of her time except when she was out of doors trying by exercise in the open air to secure a good night's sleep not an easy thing for her to do in those days early in august we were joined by miss hannah lyman of vassar college a mutual friend and a most delightful addition to our little party we knew mrs prentice spent a part of every day in writing but she said nothing of the nature of her work do you remember coming into the parlor one morning where miss lyman and i were sitting by ourselves and telling us that she was writing a story but had become so discouraged she threatened to throw it aside as not worth finishing i like it myself you added it really seems to me one of the best things she has ever written and i am trying to get her to read it to you and see what you think of it of course both miss lyman and myself were eager to hear it and promised to tell her frankly how we liked it the next morning she came to our room with a little green box in her hand saying with her merry laugh now you've got to do penance for your sins you two wicked women and sitting down by the window while we took our sewing she began to read us in manuscript the work which was destined to touch and strengthen so many hearts which to use the words of another has become a part of the sole history of many thousands of christian women young and old at home and abroad it was a rare treat to listen to it with comments from her interspersed some of them droll and witty others full of profound religious feeling now and then as we queried if something was not improbable or unnatural she would give us bits of history from her own experience or that of her friends going to show that stranger things had occurred in real life i need not say we insisted on its being finished feeling sure it would do great good although i must confess that i do not think either of us much as we enjoyed it was fully aware of its great merits i was much impressed by her singleness of purpose her one great desire so evidently being that her writing should help others to know and to love christ and his truth that she thought little or nothing of her own reputation she went on with her work occasionally reading to us what she had added in those days she always spoke of it as her katie book no other title having been given to it but one morning she came to the breakfast table with her face all lighted up i've got a name for my book she exclaimed it came to me while i was lying awake last night you know wordsworth's stepping westward i'm going to call it stepping heavenward don't you like it i do we all felt it was exactly the right name and she added i think i will put in wordsworth poem as a preface on the heart communings on sacred things that made that summer so memorable to me i cannot speak and yet more than anything else these gave a distinctive character to our intercourse her faith and love were so ardent and persuading so much a part of herself that no one could be with her without recognizing their power over her life 
she was interested in everything about her without a particle of cant full of playful humour and bright fancies but the love of christ was the absorbing interest of her life almost a passion might be called so fervent and rapturous was her devotion to him so great her longing for communion with him for a more complete conformity to his perfect will as i have said all her emotions were intense and her religious affections had the same warmth and glow believing in christ was to her not so much a duty as the deepest joy of her life heightening all other joys and she was not satisfied until her friends shared with her in this experience she believed it to be attainable by all founded on a complete submitting of the human to the divine will in all things great and small truly of her it might be said if of any human being she hath loved much to mrs smith new york november sixteenth eighteen sixty nine your arrangements at heidelberg seem to me to be as delightful as anything can be in a world where nothing is ideal be sure to let a bear her full share of the expense and be a mother to her if you can the gayest outside life has an undertone of sadness and i do not doubt she will have hours of unrest which she will hardly know how to account for i am afraid heidelberg will be rather narrow bounds for your husband and hope he may decide to go to egypt in case his ear gets quite well how fortunate that he is near a really good orist i am always nervous about ear troubles fancy your having to shout your love to him in a letter written about two weeks ago miss lyman says how am i lounging for a corner in which to stop trying to live and lie down and die and adds that she is now too feeble to travel i suppose she is liable to break down at any moment but i do hope she won't be left to go abroad i judge from what you say of mr h that he is slipping off i always look at people who are going to heaven with a sort of curiosity and envy it is next best to seeing one who has just come thence get all the good out of him you can there is none too much saintliness on earth i wonder how you spend your time do sometime write the history of one day what you said to that funny cook and what she said to you what you thought and what you did and what you didn't think and didn't did friday the nineteenth thanksgiving has come and gone beautifully it was a perfect day as to weather our congregation joined dr murray's and he gave us an excellent sermon the four Stearnses came in to dinner and seemed to enjoy it i suppose you all celebrated the day in yankee fashion and got up those abominations mince pies when i told l about blank's fourth marriage he said it reminded him of a place he had seen where a man lay buried in the midst of a lot of women the soul on the inscription of his gravestone being our husband mrs blank says the tiffs between my katie and her husband are exactly like those she had with hers and mrs blank said very much the same thing after hearing which i gave up tell a i had a call yesterday from mrs s who came to town to spend thanksgiving at her father's and fell upon my neck and ate me up three several times i tell you what it is it's nice to have people love you whether you deserve it or not and this warm-hearted enthusiastic creature really did me good dr skinner sent us an extraordinary book to read called god's furnace there is a good deal of egotism in it and self-consciousness and a good deal of genuine christian experience 
i read through it four times and when i carried it back and was discussing it with him he said he had two it seems almost incredible that a wholly sanctified character could publish such a book made up as it is of the author's own letters and journal and most sacred joys and sorrows but perhaps when i get sanctified i shall go to printing mine it really seems to be a way they have the hitchcock sailed yesterday and it must have cheered them to set forth on so very fine a day give my love to everybody straight through from hal up to your husband and mr h later of course my letters to a are virtually to you too as far as you can be interested in the little details of which they are made up randolph showed george a letter about katie which he says beats anything we have heard yet which is saying a good deal one lady said ernest was exactly like her husband another that he was painfully so indeed many sore hearts are making such confessions so i begin to think that there is even more sorrowfulness and unrest in the world than i thought there was you would get sick unto death of the book if i should tell a quarter of what we hear about it good and bad it quite refreshed me to hear that a young lady wanted to punch me craig's life is very touching his delight in christ and in close fellowship with him is beautiful but it is painful to see that dying man wander about europe alone when he ought to have been breathing out his life in the arms he loved so well how did poor mrs c live through the week of suspense that followed the telegram announcing his illness for one must love such a man very deeply i think well he doesn't care now where he died or when and he has gone where he belongs i miss you all ever so much and george keeps up one constant howl for your husband it is a mystery to me what any of you find in my letters they do seem so flat to me what fun it would be if you would all write me a round letter i would write a rouser for it lots of love the rev wheelock craig whose life is referred to by mrs prentice in the preceding letter was her husband's successor in the pastorate of the south trinitarian church new bedford end of chapter nine part four